You're listening to BSRN, Box Studios Radio Network. Now it's time for another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive. And now joining us on the Power Play Post Show, uh, we're very honored and very happy to have him with us. He just completed his first professional season um, of, of pro hockey here in Binghamton, New York, uh, for the Binghamton Senators. He is uh, Brandon Bochensky. And, and Brandon, thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. No problem, Bob. Thanks for having me. Um, I, want, I want to go through and, and, and kind of give everybody – because because you are a U.S. born um, hockey player, um, you obviously go through a little bit different um, a different way to get to the professional ranks and everything than a Canadian player. Sometimes Canadians they'll they'll go up through the juniors and play in the juniors and everything. But you but you didn't, and, and I, I think it's a very interesting story um, the, the comparison between a U.S. born player and a Canadian player. Um, with, with, with you playing now your first professional season with Binghamton and playing with obviously um, a lot of Canadian players, did you did you talk to some of them? And, and was there a lot of differences in the way you came up through hockey, um, through the youth leagues and things of that nature, versus how they came up? Uh, I think in the youth leagues it was a lot the same, but as you got older and to the high school level. But they, uh, the Canadian players went away from home when they were younger, like 14 or 15, and we stayed and played high school hockey. And like I stayed home until I was 18, and I went, then I went away to play junior hockey for a year. So I kind of joined almost, you know, three years later. Mm-hmm. But it, it kind of gives, it kind of gives us a little bit more chance to do, uh, some more growing up before we, before we leave. I think we're a little bit more ready. And that, that I think helps our careers a little bit, and it gets us ready for, uh, you know, to go to college and such. Right. But, uh, after that, uh, you know, the, the Canadian guys pretty much either have to turn pro or they're almost done with hockey at the ages of 18, 19 years old. Either they get drafted or they don't. Whereas uh, us college guys, if we either, whether we get drafted or not, we end up going to college. Us American guys right. end up going to college and uh, start working on our education. And then uh, if we end up leaving early like I did after three years, uh, yeah, we end up being 22 years old when we're, when we're rookies and uh in the hockey league as a, in, the, or in the professional ranks as opposed to being 18 or 19. So, right. A little bit older. Now, now, what age did you start skating? And, and why hockey? Why, I mean, was it, is it just because Minnesota, I mean, it, it, everybody breathes hockey in Minnesota, almost everybody. But, but why hockey for you? Why did you start skating? Was there an influence um, when you were very young that got you into hockey? Well, I think, uh, well, first of all, it's all the, the sports that all of our friends played when we were younger. So. Right. You know, if you wanted to hang out with your friends, that's the sport you had to play. But I think just uh, my father was probably a big influence on, on, on hockey as the sport that I chose because he would take me to North Stars games and out on the driveway. You know, we'd be playing, we'd have a net, and he was, you know, he'd be the first goalie out that I'd ever score on. <laughs> the goalie, and just that was just the game we played. And I think, uh, I think maybe I don't think he really pushed it on me. He just opened it up to me, and after that, I was probably pushing him to give me as much hockey as I could get. 
Now, when did when did coaches or yourself realize that your your talent could take you into into the professional ranks and even NHL? Well, I think you never really know when you're when you're that young because you got to see how you're going to develop. But I think really well, I always started uh, just having a knack for the game and kind of just knowing what to do and where to be and scoring a lot of goals. Probably right away, right when I first started playing uh, organized hockey, which is kind of kind of strange because most players, you know, will develop at different times. But, right. Which I did, but I think I think right right away, really real early on, I think the coaches uh, maybe it was it wasn't quite as fair, but they probably gave me a little bit more coaching than, than they did to other players that weren't as skilled at that age. Can you can you talk about how important it is for ice hockey in high schools in Minnesota? I know here in upstate New York, uh, football is our big thing here. We definitely have youth hockey here. It's definitely strong here in the Binghamton area, but 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 football is obviously the thing here. How important is ice hockey to high schools in Minnesota? Is football even uh, even close to ice hockey? <laughs> well, it's actually it's a pretty good uh, pretty good question to ask me because I played both sports. Oh, okay. <laughs> football. Yeah, football is up there too, but you don't get as many players from Minnesota going on to play professional football as you do hockey. So I think Minnesota really takes pride in its professional hockey players and its hockey players that have had success. Right. But coming up in high school, everything, the whole youth hockey system is to get you ready for high school. Right. Like uh, in our, in the, the school district I was in, the high school coaches would come to your practices when you were eight, nine years old, and you'd be playing the same systems that you did when you went to high school. And I think they'd be kind of checking out to see who was coming up and it really it really turns into a very competitive sport um, well the most competitive in minnesota by far but when it gets uh you know on the grander scale we get to like the state tournament and such uh we sell we sell out every year at the excel energy center and before that it was at the civic center which the excel energy center was built on top of and the year i was there was at the target center so there's always 18, 19,000 fans there for the, the championship game, which is which is pretty incredible for yeah. uh, high school sports. It is. Um, now, now, obviously, you were in high school. Did you did you win championships at all at the high school level? I mean, how far did you did you go with your high school team? Well, we had, we had a really really good team. We came up uh, our school. There's there's approximately like 180 teams that compete for eight spots in the state tournament. Right. Actually, there's two different levels. So there's 16 spots. So it's very rare that your team even makes it to the state tournament because you got to win a lot of games to get there. And our school had only had two prior appearances in the last 40 years. And my junior and senior year, we made it to the state tournament both years. And my junior year, we lost the first game of the Heartbreaker 7-6. to six, Ouch. Which, which kind of hurt, but it gave all the underclassmen a real uh, real reason to win it next year. And the next year, we went uh, went all the way and ended up winning the state championship game 6 to nothing, and we're, we were incredibly dominant the whole the whole uh, state tournament we won it all so that was probably the highlight of my hockey career uh, thus far was winning the, uh, the state tournament with all the guys I grew up with and in front of uh, you know all my family and friends now now obviously then the next the next year you went into the Lincoln Stars uh, in the USHL which is which is more of a juniors here in, in the United States uh, what, what prompted you to go there first before going into uh, North Dakota well, after high school, I, I was kind of surprised because I thought that I would have had uh, some interest from some, from some college teams and I would have been able to leave, but I didn't have any offers from uh, any teams uh, other than just to walk on. Right. So I had to decide to make a decision. I could either walk on somewhere or I could go and play, and I got uh, offered from Lincoln Stars. I didn't really know much about the junior hockey at that time because for me it was all about you know making it to college and going from there. 
so I just, you know, it's Lincoln, Nebraska, and, you know, <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect going to Nebraska. So I, I you know, I ended up taking it. It was, uh, it was probably the best uh, place to play in the USHL because of the fan support and how everyone got behind you. And uh, I ended up having a real good year there. Yeah, and, and now, I mean, you said you weren't really sure about hockey in Nebraska. Now they have the Omaha uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Nebraska backwards, but they got the Omaha Stars there, and uh, it, so it's it's very interesting that not a lot of people think of Omaha or, or Nebraska as hockey. Uh, yeah, you're telling me that the Lincoln Stars was very big there. Yeah, well, they well, Malvia, there's three teams there, mm-hmm. and actually the the Omaha team plays in the Exarvin Center, which is Nebraska spelled spelled backwards, but yeah. I've played there many a times, which is a stadium that seats about eight thousand, and they they filled it up with about seven thousand fans every game. So it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought of it, but the Nebraska people really get behind their sports. You can see it in like uh, Nebraska football. Yep. I mean, they're just it, it's crazy the passion that that state has for sports, and they were just learning hockey because the teams had only been there for a few years, and they uh, well, they didn't really know what they were cheering about. But they were cheering so. Now, being obviously a Minnesota native, uh, talk to me, break it down. T- tell me how you decided to uh, to go to the University of North Dakota, and, and was there any co- other considerations? Did you, did you really want to go to a school in Minnesota? <laughs> well, I think it came down to the final two was North Dakota and Minnesota. Really, the the other the other couple of schools in Minnesota had, had offered me uh, scholarships to go there, but it it came down to those were probably the two biggest. Uh, Hockey team, hockey schools in the country, Minnesota, North Dakota, uh, out west, and it, came, it really came down to those two. But North Dakota was the first team to talk to me. You know, I went out there and visited, and I, I really liked it. And then I came back home, and actually, the University of Minnesota is only like ten minutes from my house. So I went back there and visited, and I was kind of, you know, I just kind of wasn't as excited because it was right. You know, I'd already seen all the, the whole place, and I, mm-hmm. it was just home again. And it just it came down to, it was probably three factors. It was probably that, and then how late they came in to talking to me. And then just the fact they didn't offer me the same money that North Dakota did as far as scholarship to go there. And really, it was Minnesota's race to lose. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, they lost it. Now, and, and in that, are you happy that you spent three years at North Dakota? Do you, th- do you think that uh, going away for, obviously, those three years uh, prepared you, obviously, for the professional ranks because you're away from home, you're away from your friends, you're away from your family? Were you, were you happy that your, your decision was North Dakota? I, I, think, I, I think absolutely. I think uh, not just that, but the team that I got put on, I the best coaching in the league. I got to play with some of the best players in the league. And uh, just the fit was perfect. We played in one of the nicest uh, facilities, which is considered one of the nicest facilities in the world, at uh, Ralph Engelstad Arena. And everything just fell into place, and I had uh, three three really good years there and was ready to move on. Now, you played two years with Devil's Prospect, Zach Parisi. Uh, what, what kind of player is Zach, and did you two communicate during this year during the American Hockey League? Yeah, we stayed in touch, uh, you know, quite a bit. It was, you know, both being rookies and, you know, not being playing together was, uh, you know, was a challenge. I think we were able to help each other. But it was uh, it was interesting. We had a lot of the same, I think, chemistry that, uh, like myself and Spezza had. He was a player that, that saw the ice real well and was a real real solid at uh, moving the puck and, and finding me, uh, you know, in open places. And, you know, it was kind of interesting, you know, because having such a great tandem that we had, you know, I never really 
thought that, that I would be able to have such a pairing again, but then, uh, you know, coming in this last season, I was able to find that in, uh, in, uh, Spezza. Now, um, it's kind of interesting. If, if you look at where you were drafted and where Zach was drafted in, in, in North Dakota, you led each, uh, the, each of the two years that you played with Zach, you, you, you led the league in, or you led actually the team in points. And, and Zach Parisi was right next to you. But you were drafted se- in the seventh round. He was drafted in the first round. Why do you think that was? You want me to explain it? I don't know. No, I, I think that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a little bit more fluid of a skater. I think he had accomplished more than I had before the draft, possibly with playing at the, World Junior Championships and uh, and in international tournaments and just the timing was different. I think uh, he was going into college, you know, as uh, without playing in juniors and and I think he just really uh, came into the draft and a lot of people liked him and you get a lot of people behind you and different teams wanted to get you. You, you tend to move up. And, and yeah, I think personally, and this is just from watching both of you this year, and I, and I do think Zach Parisi was one of the best rookies, obviously in the league. He played obviously on a team that. Um, couldn't play around him, and uh, and I think I think hopefully next season, whether he's with the Devils or he's with the um, the Albany River Rats, that hopefully they, they put some players with him that can do what you and Jason did and, and really work with him because I don't think he had that this season. Um, do, do you think he was disappointed with the way his season went, or just the team season went? I think he was really disappointed both, and it's funny that you say that because we were at the. We were at the All-Star game, and uh, I was ta- I was just chatting with him, and I was saying, you know, well, how's it going out there? You know, who was he playing with? And he told me, he goes, man, I wish you were in Albany right now. I wish <laughs> we were still playing together. And I, I, I wanted to say the same thing back, but I'm like, you know what? I got, <laughs> got my own pairing now. I'm, I'm over it. You know, it was kind of interesting. But uh, I think he was disappointed because, you know, he's an intense player just like myself, and he has high expectations for himself. And I, I think he's been winning his whole career, and it was tough to be on a losing team. Um, how did you decide to leave school early? W- was it an easy decision, or, or, or did you get a lot of advice from uh, uh, friends and family around you? It, it turned out to be a pretty easy decision. I think uh, I, had, I thought about it after my sophomore year when I had a really good season, and uh, the interest just wasn't there yet from Ottawa. And I think uh, after my junior season, it just I'd had two good years, about as good as, uh, as you could have in college. I, I just felt like... Uh, I was ready, and I, uh, you know, I wanted to try to make it. It was tough to leave because I only had one year of school left, and uh, you know, it's something I still hope to finish. But uh, really, when you're playing hockey and your careers are so short, you got to move on when it's time to move on. Now, you were obviously just finishing up your junior year. You decided to go into um, the American Hockey League for the Ottawa Senators, playing here in Binghamton. And can can you tell me? What kind of degree you were going for, and is it something that? And you just said basically that you want to get it in the future. Um, what kind of degree were you going for? I was uh, majoring in financial management, so it was, uh, it was in the business sector, obviously. And I, right. You know, like I said, I'd gotten finally gotten deep into it, finally got all the generals done, and was ready to get that last year done. But I, I think I kind of knew that it wasn't going to happen. So I, my last year, I kind of took the classes on the stuff I really wanted to learn. Right. I figured it might be a little while till I get to finish it, and uh, I got to learn a lot still, I guess. <laughs> I um, but but was it? it it's kind of one of those years where you kind of know it might be your last year in college and everything, at least for now and everything. Um, was it was it difficult just to concentrate on what you needed to do in, in, for classwork? Also, 
Yeah, that was always tough in, in college because it's it's really your schedule's the same as playing professional hockey, playing professional hockey, but you got to you know you got to go to school every day. So I mean, especially knowing that I'm leaving, but I I kind of looked at it as a different way, which really helped me in the end. Is I looked at it as this is my last semester, so I really tried to get as much done as I could when it came down to the end there, mm-hmm. which, which made you know it might have made it a little bit harder because I had a little tougher workload, but. Uh, it was probably the best thing for me because I think if I didn't would have done that, it would have been hard to uh, you know to study for those finals when I was you know getting ready to leave. Right. Now, when you were uh, drafted by the O'Sons, uh, what was the day like for you and your family? I know your dad's a very proud man and everything. And whenever we talk about you, I mean, he's got a smile on his face. He's he's definitely proud uh, of you, Brandon. What was it like for your family and your friends when you knew you were being drafted to a team? And you and, and you probably knew that Ottawa was really starting to work on a, a very good team for the future. Yeah, well, that, I'll take you to the day. I think uh, it started up the day before because I got drafted on the second day. So yep. I was kind of watching, kind of hoping. I was I was listed a lot higher than the second. I think I was listed to go in like the fourth round. So I, mean, got, I think they got through the fourth round on the first day. So I was a little disappointed. But when I finally found out that Ottawa drafted me, I, I, I didn't know a whole lot about it. But I knew that the team, that just from talking to coaches, was a team that they they built. They don't usually bring in a lot of uh, older players. They're not a, a New York Rangers kind of team. They love to build players and have those players be in their program. I think that that gave me the best chance just because of where I was at at the time. I was a player that had a lot of skill but needed some development, and it uh, ended up being a perfect fit for me. Uh, talk about, because I asked you just before we uh, went on the air, um, and, and you did say you went to one of the rookie camps, and then you, I, I guess, was in one of the rookie tournaments. Talk a little bit about that, and then, and then going back to college for at least the one season. Um, did that help you at all, you know, getting into those rookie camps and, and playing in the rookie tournament? I, I think it helped me a lot going to those, doing both, because I, I kind of needed to see what the competition was. Right. But at the moment, I was ready. I think when I went there, you know, out of college, like the, the, the development camp, and saw that the competition, you know, that I was better than the competition. I knew that it was probably, you know, a time for me to get ready to, to go to the next level. And it was just, it was a really good experience, uh, you know, to meet all the coaches, the strength coaches, and and to, to give them a chance to look at me, too. Now, I, I have to ask you, and I know a lot of people on a personal level were disappointed that the NHL did not have a season this year. But were you on a professional level? You came into Binghamton. You knew you were going to probably spend most of this first season here in Binghamton. But were you still kind of disappointed that there wasn't an NHL because you might have gone up for a game or two and you would have had your first NHL game this year? I think on a, on a more a wide level, I was just disappointed at the fact that there wasn't going to be an NHL because, I mean, that was the league that I watched every year since I've, I've been able to watch. Right. <laughs> and it, uh, that was the most disappointing thing, but... It was tough because it almost made it easier, though, at the same time. It was tough because they knew that, you know, no matter how good of a year I had, I wasn't going to get called up because there was no place to play. Right. But it also took a lot of pressure off because I knew no matter what I did, I wasn't going to get called up. So, I didn't, <laughs> you know, there was no pressure on the season. I didn't feel like I had constantly someone watching me, you know, and, and deciding whether I could make it to that level. I could just focus on the team I was on. I didn't, you know, play as hard as I could for that team. And yet you still benefited from this team because of Chris Neal coming down, because of uh, uh, Volchenkov being here, and Brian Pothier, who spent the year before um, playing for Ottawa. So you, talk a little bit about how you got to see NHL players come down, Jason Spezza, obviously, uh, Anton Vermette and everything, Langfeld had played some time up there. How did those guys help you this season get ready for what will probably be an NHL career? 
Well, I I think that was probably the biggest advantage of, of the whole thing was you know getting to see you know guys that are the perfect ideal pros like uh, like Brian like a Brian Poffey and just you know seeing these guys and what their work ethic is and what uh, you know what they're doing and just that these guys are, have such a love for the game that even though there's no season they're going to play wherever they can and I think uh, on top of that just you know looking at being able to see uh, what NHL forwards look like and what they do and, and learning from them. It, it, you know, I learned this year from two guys that were younger than me. There are actually more than two guys that were younger than me. I know Vermey's younger than me and Stephen's yep. younger than me, and I didn't have the experience that they did, and I was able to uh, to learn from them for the whole year, whereas uh, if there was a season, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to learn from them, and it, it probably sped up my development quite a bit. What do you think was the thing that at the beginning of the season you thought maybe you did pretty well, but at the end of the season, you realized, no, I actually didn't play that that well. And at the end of the season, you were like, wow, I have actually really improved in this area. What, what, what kind of area was that where at the beginning of the season, you thought you were already good at it, and then at the end of the season, you realized, you know what, I really grew in that area? Well, I'd probably say that with my speed and my skating, I think. I just, and just, and just being ready to play. I mean, I just I don't really know if there was anything that I really – could tell throughout the whole year until, until, until the end, just looking back. Right. But it was, uh, you know, I definitely improved in my skating this year. And, um, I mean, <laughs> I guess I thought I was decent at it. I think I was pretty good, but <laughs> I definitely I definitely improved. Okay. Uh, Binghamton and Ottawa decided this year to go with a two-coach system with Dave Cameron as the head coach and with John Paddock as the co-coach. What what were the challenges at first with having two coaches to go to? I mean, I mean, who did you know who to go to at first or not to go to? Or I mean, what was it like? Well, it was it was kind of hard because I think at first guys really wanted to listen to Paddock and really because he'd been there for so long and he's the guy that, that's going up. But it was interesting because they have two totally different personalities. Absolutely, Paddock is is quiet and you know he. He's just old school, and where Cameron's kind of more, more, you know, getting more opinionated, and he's gonna, he's more of the new school. He's gonna be more in your face, and and their their styles are just completely different. So it was kind of interesting, I think. Uh, but it really benefited us having the two different styles. And early on, I didn't know who to go to. <laughs> tell you the truth, because it's, you know we have two coaches. All the meetings they were in there together. But you know, if you got a question. It seemed like if you had a question on the systems or something like that, you'd pretty much go to, to Dave, to Dave Cameron. But uh, if you had a question on something bigger than that, it seemed like most of the guys would go to Paddock just because he had been around longer. Now, I, I was in a couple of the practices uh, up, up at the press booth with Grady sometimes and, and doing segments and, and whatnot and so forth. And I kind of noticed, and I want to know if you noticed, that uh, when, when Paddock ran a practice, I don't think it was maybe as – as tough as possibly when Dave ran a practice. Did you see that kind of similarity also? Yeah, I think I think most of the guys kind of noticed that. <laughs> uh, Dave kind of ran a practice just trying to get just a little bit done and knowing we're playing a lot of games. Yeah, Patty, knowing that we're going to play you know a lot of games and we just kind of need to loosen up. And I think uh, Cameron maybe always wanted to teach us something every time we were out there. Right. And I don't know which way is... It's the best way, but uh, but you got both systems. We got both. So. Um, did the, do, do you do you think the co-coach system worked out in the long run? In your opinion, uh, when I think it, it's going to work out, and I, I think for the guys in the, in the long run, just because you had two coaches, you had more uh, advice and more more coaching. But 
it, it maybe hurt us during the year because we got maybe sometimes we got mixed signals a little bit from from the different from both coaches, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when when coming into this season, did you even imagine that you would be eventually teamed up with Jason Spezza? I mean, uh, and did either of you imagine that you would connect so well together? I don't think we imagined. I don't think we didn't even know each other until uh, until the training camp coming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean I didn't really think that. Well, first of all, I thought there was going to be a season, so I didn't think I'd be playing, you know, all season in a line with him. But uh, yeah, right away, I mean, I had no clue until we got on the ice. I think uh, was the first time we could really realize that. I think you know, goal scorers like myself kind of subconsciously are looking for a guy that can move the puck and. I think guys that are playmakers like him subconsciously are always looking for someone to pass who's going to finish. So I think uh, no matter no matter what happens, you always tend to, to find each other at some point. So, <laughs> how do you think Jason handled the pressure of of, of supposedly having to lead this team? Um, um, far, obviously, uh, things didn't happen obviously in the playoffs. But how, how do you think he handled the pressure throughout the regular season? I think he he handled as best he could. I mean, he knew the pressure was there, but anytime you talked to him, anytime you hung out with him, you, didn't, you never felt like he, he, he knew the pressure was there. He was always just fun to be around, you know. Coming from a player that had so much success in the NHL, he was never, you know, never acted like he was better than anyone else. I think he was uh, as much of a team player as I've seen. And, I mean, that was uh, probably the reason guys really were able to get around him and, and the reason he was able to have success. Do you do you think do you think Jason has the ability has the personality to be a captain in the NHL? Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's going to be he's going to have to get he's going to have to be a little bit older. Mm-hmm. He's, still, he's still young. The guy's only twenty one years old. I mean, it's, it's, that's that's a that's a tough uh, tough role to, to fill at that age. But mm-hmm. uh, I think when you got a player that uh, could do that much on the ice, I think as long as he keeps working hard and and does everything that he needs to do on the ice, then I think he will be able to be a captain. Right. Binghamton is the smallest market in the AHL. Now, I don't know if you noticed that, but it is. And there are probably high schools in Minnesota that, that draw a little bit more than Binghamton. Uh, but what is it about the Broome County Veterans Memorial Arena that gives it such a home field advantage anyways? <laughs> well, I, I, it's a small, it's small part of the start. And when the fans get in there and, and they get excited, it gets loud. Right. But I, I mean, I think the facility is just, it's, it's a really old facility. It just kind of has a little bit of a mystique to it. And I think part of the home do it, and it's just nobody ever wants to come to Binghamton to play. Really? Which is kind of interesting because they, I don't know if it's just that they always get beat there or they just, uh, <laughs> they don't like it or what. But, uh, it seems like the teams are there. They, they, they just don't want to be there. <laughs> Was it, w- now, I know the ice there is, 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 is smaller than some of the other rinks. Uh, for example, when you went down to the Wachovia Arena in, in Wilkes-Barre, obviously it's a, it's a smaller ice in Binghamton than it is in, in Wilkes-Barre. When you practice on that ice every single day, or almost every single day, and then you play 40 of your home games there, does that help give you an advantage as a player and as a team over the, the team coming in? I think that's definitely another advantage because uh, when you're in there, it's going to be a physical game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got guys like Volchenko that can just kill guys with a big hit. <laughs> it's tough to play against that, I think. And they're, they're not, yeah, they're not used to, to running out of space, you know, where they think they maybe they would have been able to cut around a guy. Now they're going to run out the board and pound it, you know. <laughs> so that might be another reason they just don't like coming there because they know in, in, 
in Binghamton, they're going to get hit. They're not just going to be able to dance around and uh, play pond hockey. Okay, now you got to see at least 23, 24 games with uh, Chris Neal. Who had bigger hits, do you think, Volchenkov or Neal? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I have to split this one up because I think Neal <laughs> could hit better on the wall. Yeah. A lot more collisions on the wall, but nobody hits like Volchenkov in the open ice. And those, I don't know how he lines guys up, but he seems to come out of nowhere and it, just pound guys. It's like he has a laser, and he can just get that hip. And it's hip checks that he is phenomenal with. I mean, he barely will even touch them with his shoulder. He hits them with their hips, and they go flying into the second row. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just crushed guys. Guys just, I mean, a couple times, the guys just didn't get up. I mean, trainers would come on and carry him off the ice. And yeah. What, I don't know how he does it, but that's pretty incredible to watch. I've never seen anyone hit the open ice like that. And, and, and I don't know if you got to see this hit, but the, the hit that um, Chris Neal and Charlie Stevens both gave Ross Lupus Chuck in, in the one playoff game, I think it was the second game in the, or actually it was the first game in the playoffs. That was just, they just. I was right on the, right on the wall and I saw that one. That was, uh, uh, Stevens just kind of set him up and Neal came around the net and just pounded him. I don't think Lupus Chuck was quite himself the rest of that game. No. Series, maybe. No, definitely, definitely not. It was, it was definitely just boom. It happened, and I stood up. I was like, "They killed him. They honestly killed him. I think they killed him." And it was amazing that he actually did get up from that. Yeah, credit to him. <laughs> credit for him. Yeah, when you get hit by uh, those two guys, and it's amazing too because you don't expect a hit from Charlie Stevens, but sometimes some of his hits were were were, were strong enough that it, it, it had people scratching their heads. Yeah, well, he's got a very strong body. When when he uses it, it's. Uh... Quite a collision. That's a fact. Now, obviously, this was your first season in professional hockey. You got to play with some guys who played in the NHL. How, how do you? How did you rate yourself? Um, how did you feel about the regular season for you on a playing side? I think that uh, the beginning of the year was maybe a little bit lost, but as, as the season went on, I think I, I was rated the same level. I, I felt, uh, you know, especially even playing against other guys that were that had been in the NHL, I felt. Uh, like I was at least able to compete with them, and if if not, uh, have success against them. And I, you know, I really I really felt confident uh, probably halfway through the year, and that's probably the most important thing is just going out on the ice and, and being confident, knowing that you can do uh, what you do. Um, talk about your first professional um, All Star game in, in the weekend up in Manchester. Um, obviously, there was there was players from all around the league and I'm sure some players that you played with in college there we obviously we know that Zach Parisi was there and and you played well I mean when I saw the two of you guys on the ice again um, playing together and, and some of those line configurations you guys and I can't remember the third person was it Dustin Brown Yep. You guys were on the same line with Dustin Brown. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not saying this cause, just because you're on the show. I'm not saying this because I had a good, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, some good conversations with your father. You guys were the best line in that game. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we yeah, we kind of got it going during that game, I think. it was uh, that, that whole All-Star experience was a lot of fun. It, uh, it all started out with me rooming with Spezza, so we got the... <laughs> We really got to kind of enjoy the weekend and not really worry about a whole lot. And right. When it came down to the game, though, we both really wanted to beat each other. So. <laughs> hey, hey, you got the goal. He got the penalty. So. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he's a goon. I'm a goal scorer. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, now, I, I, obviously, they don't call many penalties in the in, in the American <laughs> hot in the All Star games. So, so. So was that a real blatant? I mean, I, I watched it. And I'm like, going, they're calling that. What are they doing? 
Yeah, I don't know if he must have, if he must have said something to that referee during the year or something <laughs> or what, but it was, I don't think he called penalties during the All-Star game, but they did, I don't know, they got him. <laughs> and, and you know what, the funny thing is, is I think he, I think he had a smile the whole two minutes in the penalty box. The whole time, he was just laughing about it and smiling about it. Well, yeah, I don't think he spends a lot of time in the penalty box, so when he got to, uh, he got to sit there for two minutes on national television. He was going to enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, and and you know what? He's he he said, hey, you know, um, maybe I'll get some records, or I'll, I'll you know people will take note of me here in this All Star game. And there you go. He's he's in the penalty box, and it was a lot of fun. But the whole weekend for you was was just a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Just hanging out with all the guys, a lot of the guys that you know have been in the NHL, and it was just I, I had a great time and. You know, I hope to to future uh, play more things, uh, more opportunities like that. Was there anybody at the All Star Game? I know there was a lot of young guys, but there are a couple of veterans that that do make it to the All Star Game in the American Hockey League. Was there anybody in particular that you, you got to meet that you hadn't met before, um, and you were either interested in their playing um, or or something to that effect? Well, I think I got to meet Camilleri. Um He's a Toronto. He's from Toronto, so he was around the same area as Spezza. So he introduced me to. Camilleri, it was just kind of interesting to meet that guy because I, you know, I played against him a lot. He always just seemed like a little, a little firecracker that kind of buzzed <laughs> around. And I mean, he was a nice guy, so that was uh, it was fun to, to see him both on and off the ice there. Okay, well, what kind of captain? And, and, and this is a kind of an interesting conversation because a lot of a lot of controversy behind Chris Kelly being a captain. But what kind of captain was Chris Kelly on this team? I mean, you're a player. Obviously, some you look up to some of the veterans. You also look up to your captain and your your coaches on the team. What kind of captain was Chris Kelly? I I really think he was a solid captain. He he didn't you know he didn't talk a lot, but when he did say something, you know people listened. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, that's the most important thing, and just look at how he put on the ice. I mean, the guy that uh, the defensive forward doesn't always get all the credit, but he was willing to play that role because that's what our team needed. Right. I think it showed his, you know, lead the team in plus minus, and I think you know the reason he's captain is because he's a real character guy, and um, he deserves to be captain, and we deserve to have him as a captain. So I think uh, I, I really liked him as a captain. Now, who was the funniest guy on the team? I know Chris Kelly. I've actually spoken to him for a few times. He's a, he is very funny, but who was the funniest guy on the team? <laughs> who was the funniest guy on the team? Oh, man. I know it's a That's silly question. we got about 22 comedians on that team. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, I know it's a silly question, but, you know, it was one I had to throw in there. I'm a comedian. Everybody that knows me, I'm a, a smart-ass comment comes out of my mouth, like, probably 90% of the time. So I was just wondering, who was the guy that probably stood out as, as the class clown? Well, I'd say... Kavanaugh had some pretty, pretty dry humor that that was pretty funny at times. But you mean uh, Mr. Johnny Utah? Yeah, Johnny Utah. <laughs> but uh, uh, probably the funniest guy was probably Chris Neal. Really, the the, the the pranks in the locker room didn't start till he got there, and uh, they didn't stop till he left either. So, <laughs> but him and Pat Kavanaugh got uh, got each other back and forth quite a few times. That was pretty entertaining. So those two guys tended to, to uh, you know. Keep a loose atmosphere on the locker room. Now, obviously, you got to play with veteran Denny Amell, and uh, he seemed to run um, a lot of the warm-ups before the, uh, the before the games would start and everything. What kind of a leader on this team was Denny Amell? He was, I think, his leadership. He was another guy that was real quiet. I think uh, most of our captains were real quiet, and, and he tried to, to lead by you know by example by going out there and. Trying to put out the same effort every night, and you know some captains are going to be there more for you off ice, and some are going to be the guys that you look to on the ice to see what they're doing and, and try to follow. And I think he 
he did a little bit of both. I think he was, uh, you know, he was the guy that was probably the nicest to the rookies when we first came in. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, I think he was also a pretty solid leader. Right. Now, now the playoffs were not what you expected, I- I'm sure. What did you think either the Pens did well or the Sens didn't do well that was the big factor in the Senators losing to the series in the series? Well, I think I think uh, you know we came out really strong in the first two games, and even in the third game we came out really strong. And I, I think that it just felt like the Pens just uh, thought you know if we just keep wearing them down, wearing them down, that's what they did. They just kept wearing us down. And if we would have won that third game in overtime, I think uh, we'd still be playing right now. But our team really just needed to get through that first round. They just, uh, you know, they just changed the way they played. And they didn't take a single chance offensively, and all they did was just play defense against us. And it ended up working out. We just, we weren't scoring enough, and, and they were, the, the, the very few chances they had to score, they were scoring. Right. And that's what you got to do to win. And, uh, you know, they, they just changed the way they played. They played completely different systems than they did during the year. And, I mean, it was, it was tough to get beat by a team that you, you manhandled all season. Right. Um, you didn't have the performance in the playoffs that you probably thought you, you might have had, and maybe going into the second round, um, everybody's performance would have been a little bit better. Uh, but what do you think w- was hurting you from being able to score goals? I mean, I, I just think it was it was you know it was tough. I I played you know this is my my first year playing so many games. I, I was just getting to the point where I was just wore down, and mm-hmm. you give as much effort as you could every night, and it. You get, you know, you're getting worn down at the same time, and I just made too many mistakes. I think mentally I just got worn down and just wasn't doing what I needed to do to, to do my job and to score goals. And uh, it was tough because there's nothing worse than, than wanting something so bad not being able to do it. But, uh, you know, it's uh, something I definitely learned from. And, uh, you know, it's tough. I don't like losing. I'm, I'm never going to like losing. And, you know, I've won everywhere I've gone. So it's uh, it was it's tough. Well, well, that means you got to stay at least one more year and help us win a championship here. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Now, I feel like i got unfinished business, that's for sure. Ex- exactly. Um, what was it like to play? Now, obviously, you just said, and, and, and I totally agree, and we talked about it on the show before um, with, with other people, we say that that, that third overtime, uh, that, that triple overtime loss in, in Game 3 was definitely the, the key to that whole series. Uh, but what was it like for you as a player to play in almost six full periods in one night. <laughs> well, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really think about it until the game was over. I was, you know, so into it, just doing everything I could to try to get a goal. <laughs> it was uh, after the game. I was just so physically drained, and then you know, we rode the bus back to Binghamton, and they got home and finally laid down, and I couldn't sleep. My body was just still going. It was just, it was probably the most physically uh, draining thing I've ever done, and it was tough. I think it was. Definitely hit the guy, especially being, uh, you know, not only just being physically exhausted, but you know, emotionally after after losing. Right. Um, I hate to ask this because I'm a, I'm a I'm a diehard Bingo fan, probably like you're a diehard uh, uh, fan of, of Minnesota hockey and everything. Um, have you ever seen fans? like the fans that were down at the Wachovia Arena for those uh, first two games, definitely, um, in games three and four. Did you ever see fans like that? I mean, that's almost Canadian-like type fans. Uh, yeah, I, it, was, it was pretty shocking, I think, to see to see that. I mean, they filled that place up, and it was 
it was long. It was it was defeating. It was deflating. I mean, it was pretty incredible. <laughs> um, oh no, go ahead. No, I got nothing else to say. It was, <laughs> you know, it was amazing for them, especially after playing there four other times and seeing that place. Uh, you know, with a thousand people in it. Yeah. Um, you're back. You're you're back with Ottawa next season. Obviously, your contract is fine. And, and if the NHL is back and running, do you think a you're ready for the NHL, and b the the oath sends think you're ready for the NHL? <laughs> well, I don't know what they think. I hope that they think the same thing I do. I I feel like I'm ready. I think uh, in playing, uh, you know, in college and knowing that I was ready for this level, I I, I just kind of feel the same way. Um, I think whether I'm ready or not, I think I'm going to learn a lot, and by probably 20 games in or 10 games in, I'm going to be ready. Right. And uh, I guess that's going to be up to them. You know, if, if uh, you know if I go there and I don't play that great for you know five games, are they going to you know give me a chance to adapt to it uh, or not? I don't know, but. Uh, We'll see. It's going to be an interesting year. Well, let me ask you a question about that. Do you, do you want to go up and and still play along the same side as Jason Spezza, or or or, or do you think that they're not going to give you that chance? Um, I don't really know. Like I, I mean, I just haven't uh, you know really spoken with uh, with any anybody any management or anybody up there to really know what they're planning. Uh, Obviously, I, it's tough. It'd be, I think I think if it'd be nice to, I think we could see. If the chemistry is still there in the NHL, if it's a, if it's a, if we can play that same way at the next level, if it's if it's not next year, I hope that uh, at some point we can play together again because I think uh, well, you can't always you're not going to find that kind of chemistry uh, everywhere. Okay, now for the puck bunnies out there, we'll ask you a couple of the the generalized questions. Um, who was your favorite NHL team when you were growing up? <laughs> the Minnesota North Stars, of course. Okay, um, they got moved. What's that? Until they got moved, obviously. So you're not a Dallas Dallas Stars fan at all. Oh, I hate them. Okay, <laughs> well, you just making sure. <laughs> now, now, when you were obviously a North Stars fan, was was Detroit your your enemy? Was that was was that your bitter enemy? No, the Chicago Blackhawks Blackhawks were. Oh, Grady's team. Yeah, we hated those guys. Because <laughs> uh, Grady, when I mentioned, uh, you know, when I asked Grady once, I said, hey, you know what, what's the team that you hate the most in the NHL? And he's like, Detroit, and, well, and, and Minnesota, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, know, I didn't know if you knew that he was a Blackhawks fan and everything. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, I, well, I do now. I'm going to change the way I think about him. <laughs> um, actually, you know, Grady's obviously one of the more uh, – uh, low-key kind of guys uh, do, uh, broadcasting games and everything, and I'm sure you've met some of the broadcasters that have done games, you know, throughout your career and everything. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on Grady? He he wasn't a player before he got into uh, broadcasting. He's been a broadcaster most of his life, but he's very knowledgeable about the game. What were your thoughts on uh, on Grady and, and your talks with him? Well, I mean, I actually had a very good lot of conversation with him. We sat uh, I sat behind him on the bus. So. <laughs> <laughs> Many, many long hours we were sitting there, uh, you know, just chatting away. But uh, he, he really impressed me with uh, his his knowledge of the game, especially having not played. Talking to him, you'd never know that. You'd have thought he, you know, he played 20 years and then went into broadcasting. Right. I really think he took the time to learn the game before he started broadcasting it. Whereas you got like guys like uh, the Wilkes Bar uh, 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 radio guy who was just a clown, and you didn't, you know, you could tell he didn't know the game. You didn't know what he was talking about. I don't know if you guys ever got to hear a game from that. Was that guy uh, talking? But oh, yeah, Tom Grace. Yes, we've 
spoken about him um, a few times here on on the show, so we we definitely know what you're referring to there. Okay, well, that's good. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever heard a more biased broadcaster. I'll say that much. You know, Brandon, we never thought we would we would get someone a player to to say that, but you're you're absolutely right. He's what well, his his line is. I'm paid by the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins to call games for them, so it doesn't matter who we're playing against. We're better. That's his. That's his line. So yeah, he's a goofball. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely for sure. Um, okay, you obviously played with Grant Petulini this year. Obviously, he was sidelined a little bit for an, with an injury. Um, with you two both coming in at the same time, did you guys become friends? Um, and did you guys know each other in your college days? Yeah, we uh, we definitely uh, knew each other. He actually took me. He was a year ahead of me, so he actually took me on my visit when I did an official visit at Minnesota. So we met then. So it was kind of interesting. He said he still said I'm the only player because he was the guy that, that would take you know take the players around when they'd come on visits. And he said I'm the only player that he took around that that, that didn't sign for Minnesota. So <laughs> that's kind of interesting. But yeah, we we definitely played. Uh, you know, we played a lot of games against each other, and we played hard. So. He's definitely a guy that I knew, and he, he'd be up in Grand Forks. That's where he's from. Yeah, I was, I, and that's I was that's in Grand Forks. So, and that's the, probably the most interesting thing about the two of you guys. One was from North Dakota, played for Minnesota. The other guy was from Minnesota and played for North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, we just switched. It's kind of interesting. Um, now, obviously, his his brother is uh, obviously working his way through Minnesota, and and, and I think he's a a Flyers prospect. Um, he, on the buses and stuff like that, I know you guys probably sat close to each other. Being the rookies, you never sit in the back. It's just the way it is. Right. Uh, you don't get to play in any of the poker games, unfortunately. Well, you must have known I was sitting in the front because I was sitting by Grady. Yeah, exactly. So, but with but with with Grant, did he talk a lot about his brother, and, and did they communicate a lot on the bus? Uh, yeah, they. You know, he always would be checking up on the games. Uh, you know, as much as he could. And he, you know, he's proud of his brother. I think. Uh, you know, a lot. He's following his brother's following his exact footsteps, so that's got to be kind of exciting, I think, for him. And yeah, he would always keep me updated, even though I didn't want to know. <laughs> you didn't want to know. Not how Minnesota was doing. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, unfortunately, North Dakota didn't go as far as you probably would have hoped them would. What are your plans for the summer um, before going into, obviously, um, um, some sort of camp? We don't know if it's going to be Binghamton Senators camp or if it's going to be Ottawa Senators camp. But what are you going to keep yourself busy with this summer? <laughs> I just got to – I'm just going to be working out and getting myself ready for next year. I think, uh, you know, there's nothing else uh, – I really can do. <laughs> right. And, and you almost had a chance to play for the Team USA over in Austria, correct? Yeah, I was going to go, but uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> it's a long story. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Why not? Well, they, <laughs> they called. Well, they didn't give me a, a warning ahead of time right. at all that, I, that they might be interested in me. And I'm uh, taking a vacation in June. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Caribbean, and I, uh, my passport was ripped. So I figured, you know, I'm not going to try to go through all these customs down there in the Caribbean like this and get harassed. So I sent my passport in to get a new one. And two days later, the team, uh, the team USA called me, and uh, you know, they want me to go over there because they had some injuries. And I was, I was supposed to leave the next day. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is great. And then, you know, I got uh, got to thinking that day. I'm like, I don't have my passport. Right. I just sent it in. It was going to take me another two days to get it back. And by that point, they were already going to have played uh, the next game and. It didn't work out, so I didn't, didn't end up getting to go. 
Now, uh, would that have been one of the first times you played with Team USA? Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, that would have been the first time. They've yeah. always, for some reason, not uh, not me or not uh, not wanted me. I don't know, wanted to. And, and it's kind of amazing because you obviously had a very good season here. You obviously had three very good seasons with North Dakota. You're you're an excellent player, and uh, I saw a lot of good things on the ice. And and I have a feeling I'm going to have to watch Ottawa a little bit more uh, just because I've seen Jason Spezza and and whatnot. Because. Um, uh, you're probably going to hang up on me now, but I, I am a New York Rangers fan. Uh, oh, jeepers. Well, unfortunately, I've had nothing to root for, so it doesn't really matter the last seven years. Uh, but because because of the way they do. I mean, uh, they do now have Alexander Giroux, who played here last year in Binghamton and everything. And I know they have the talent in their farm system, but for some reason they'd rather buy people, uh, buy players, buy old veterans that just, just don't work out and everything. But uh, you definitely have a talent to help build Ottawa system and, uh, and make it a winning one in the future. Well, I hope so. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I want to win a couple titles. Well, it'll uh, be a dream come true, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll take down the Rangers on the way. Oh, take down the Rangers on the way. Great. Great. You know what? I'll have to change my phone number because I know you got to store it in your, uh, your cell phone. And that's the last thing I want to hear is, is after you guys win a title, the next day you call me up and say, we beat your Rangers. Very good. Uh, Brandon, thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, if you're with us uh, at the beginning of the season, next season, we'll, we'll bring you on and we'll, we'll talk to you a little bit more and, and see how things are going then. Sounds good. Have a great summer. Great. Thanks. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, actually, we'll just we'll be right back. <laughs> 